Welcome to the Kim and Aaron Unleashed podcast. I am so happy to say that. That feels so free. And this week... Are we week, calling it that? Yeah. Officially? Yeah. Officially, officially. Officially, done. Okay. This week, we are going to be talking about something that I've been wanting to talk about for a very long time, and it's been years and years building. I don't know if it's all processed in my head right now, but I'm going to let it out. And it is about how flawed the healthcare system is when it comes down to how they treat their employees. And you guys are also going to get to meet Angry Bobby today, which I'm so excited because he is a fan favorite and not a lot of people have got to meet him like in real life. No, and I think the quote that will come out was I was working with somebody and she was like, it has a name. Buckle up, bro. Angry Bobby is here. Here we go. I know him a little too well, unfortunately. Okay, guys. So summer travel has officially kicked off. After two years, like we're not on lockdown anymore. You can kind of go wherever you want. Um, Of course, there's some restrictions here and there, you know. But if you want to go to Italy, you can jump on a plane and go to Italy. You can jump on a plane and go to Mexico. So would you say that the public is unleashed? Oh my gosh. Unleashed to travel. It is going to be a wild and crazy travel summer and I am here for it. I am so excited. And the perfect travel companion for all of your travel adventures is of course the Travcest 3-in-1 baby travel backpack, passport wallet, and passport holder mm-hmm. all in one. Yeah, yeah, it's epic. It's game changing. It's efficient through travel, through going through TSA, showing that vaccine card if you if you have one, showing your passport, easy breezy, lemon squeezy through the airport and on to your next destination and adventure. The concept is there's two RFID pouches on the front straps, one to hold your cell phone and one to hold your passport, credit card, cash, vaccine card, all of the good stuff, all the important stuff. So you have it up front, easy to access. Everything is safe. You don't have to worry about anyone going into your back and taking out your stuff when you're not looking. Um, if you're not traveling internationally, you can also just put your ID, uh, just your normal- yeah, Or your hotel key. Or your hotel key. Like basically holds all the important things and then you can throw your laptop, your snacks, your jacket, your headphones, your camera, all the other goodies in the back and off you go to start any adventure it's, that you plan to have this the summer. Perfect, perfect carry-on bag. It's the perfect day pack to throw in those little things you want to take around as you're exploring your new city, town, country, whatever it may be. So go check it out. You can go to imtravcest.com and go get your travel on. Let's do it. Stay travcest, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, in preparation for departure, please check to see that your seatbelt cost the carry all right, so before we get into this episode, we just actually finished recording it wanted to come back on and give a little PSA for this uh, for this episode. Um, I know you guys will be getting more familiar with this individual, um, Angry Bobby. 
uh, he did come out a little bit and it did get a little animated. We we dropped a few more F-bombs than usual. It was a passionate conversation, which is how Aaron and I talk when it's just the two of us talking about things that we are passionate about. Um, and so there are it's a it's a colorful conversation. And so we just wanted to give a quick little uh, warning, warning, <laughs> warning. There will definitely be some more F-bombs than usual. And we hope you guys enjoy this very real, raw, fun, passionate conversation, and we hope it sparks something within you as well. Welcome to the new Kim and Aaron Unleashed. Yeah. Okay, so. So, so. we're back. We're actually Batch, sitting. We're, we're like literally sitting in the same positions we were sitting at on last week's podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't know. We might, okay, we might record this. Who knows? We're not sure what we're doing. But we were going to be traveling, so we wanted to go ahead, record this episode, and we will share it sometime in the future. Well, and plus it's fresh. (laughs) But we're still in St. Augustine. It's it's a fresh topic. Okay. Yeah, because we haven't like even left for Peru or Dominican at this point. No. So that's funny. We're still in the same seats. Yeah. Okay. Except I have a new mic. <laughs> you do. Aaron contracted these like We're... little mini mics that are so cute that I was making out with before we came on live because it's so like I want it in my mouth so yeah, bad. Just... It's so cute. We're we're testing out because one, I can't be carrying bulky microphones around the country with me, so I'm testing out different styles of microphones and different things that Kim and I can use on the go that are compact but still sound good and so it just always seems to be no matter how many microphones we use what microphones we use somebody is 80 feet away from the mic and somebody is too loud we can never get it right I know where we try actually I take that back we get it like I think our audio is great but we're just trying to make it better and more efficient and you said traveling the country really is traveling the world so we're trying to find an efficient setup that we can take with us that will still give good audio and not have to care we have a massive microphone so we don't want to have to take that with us which we even when we use that we have to bundle so close together and like you know sit there i like i can like like smell your stinky breath oh mine yeah (laughs) we know that's not the theme of this podcast with your 80 year old man smell okay you know (laughs) that there's something wrong i haven't smelled it lately so I don't know. Maybe. Aaron said, okay, putting context behind that. Aaron said, ever since I got my uh, boobs done, that I have had a 80-year-old man scent that is permeating through my pores, and he can't figure out where it's coming from. So we've done a breath check. We've done a butt check. We've done a vagina sniff. We've done a boob sniff. sniff. I mean, we've nice night. We've done (laughs) We've done a full on sniff sesh and we even your pheromones coming out of your head. Yeah. You can't like because I can't smell it. I can't pinpoint it. But we can't figure out where the smell is coming from. And Aaron does have a snout like a what are they not a well, greyhound they, no, what are they, the dogs they say that, that they wouldn't need to use dogs for a truffle hunt because they could just take me out there and i would figure it out what are the dogs that have like the good bloodhounds bloodhounds okay i said greyhounds so anyways we're trying to figure that out what that smell is where it's coming from it's, but it's not fat necrosis 
Yeah, I just went to the doctor because I have like a lot of scar tissue. So side note, I have a lot of scar tissue underneath my implants and it feels like a bag of worms. Like it feels thick. It feels really weird. And so I want to make sure that everything was okay. Also, my implant looked out of place. It just looked weird and funky. And so I just went to my doctor while I was in Florida and I was worried it was fatty necrosis because it was like out of pocket. Yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh, are you smelling like fatty necrosis? Like mm. that's like it's coming through like my pores. Uh, anyways, not fatty necrosis, just scar tissue that I need to or you need to that's continuously massage. Right, that's a whole nother. No, we never figured out what the smell. <laughs> right. We don't know what I was just. But it's gone though. But now we're saying it's gone. I can't smell it, I so I have no idea. I have not smelled it since we've been here in St. Augustine. Okay. I it could have I'm been happy just a mix about of you that. And but why? Why eighty year old man like mothballs that, and halitosis yes. like mothballs with a mix of like the breath? That's really weird. Okay, well anyway. I'm glad I'm back because Aaron was like, well maybe it's your pheromones, and I'm like, okay, I'm a 36 year old woman in my prime, right? Like my ovaries are screaming to like get pregnant. Why would it put off 80-year-old disgusting halitosis vibes? That's like the one thing that would absolutely repel a possible mate and daddy. No one wants to be a daddy to the 80-year-old. Maybe you're putting out what your heart desires. What, an 80-year-old man? No, just not reproducing. Oh, like I'm trying to Mm -hmm. repel you. At your prime. Oh, that's interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm still frisky, so I doubt, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, you're not going through menopause, bud. No, I'm saying if my body was trying to repel, you would think that I wouldn't have a sex drive, which is, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't which know. Which is the I mean, opposite. This like a Dr. Oz. Okay. We're not doctors here. Yeah. No, but. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. But that actually leads right, what a good setup. That leads right into the topic that we want to talk about today, which is how the healthcare system is shitty it, for taking care of its employees okay so where this all began and i'll just get started because like i said i haven't really mapped this out in my head but it's been something that's been with me since working for a very prestigious hospital in this country and i got the opportunity to climb the ranks to build a department and from scratch basically didn't exist and with that being said i i was you know started at the bottom and kind of built my way up and as the department progressed things progressed and i was you know privy to meetings and and things that i had never really seen in the hospital environment and that kind of started my whole thought process on number one i personally do not fit into that style of mindset um i'm not filtered i'm not corporate i'm not political um Mm. so that just does not fit well with me i am a kick a door down kind of guy um don't care what doors i have to kick down to get the results i want i am patient forward um and that just doesn't fly on top of that, not even getting into the issues that are at hand that I feel the most passionate about. That's a side note of it. That's where it all started. That's the genesis of it. But I'm extremely passionate. I've been getting more and more passionate. And I saw it in this last contract more than anything. And it's not to any fault of the hospital system or where I was working. I don't want to like get that out there. 
I just, the way employees are treated and not even as much treated as just the um, environment, the culture of what we're there to do and how we work is not very health centric forward for the employees. Does that make sense? Yeah, like it doesn't, the environment that we work in in a hospital does not promote like health, well-being, mindset, like it's it's like so opposite of that. Like, okay, we look at like a Google, right? Because I feel oh like God, here we go. like almost like healthcare is like that old school mentality, right? Like you go to work, you hustle, you grind, you work your ass off, like hard work, like all day, every day. Like it's not a babying environment at all, right? And that's like kind of that old school mentality. Like you you put up, you shut up, you get the job done. Doesn't matter if you're tired, if you're sick, if you're whatever. Like you go to work, you get it done. Doesn't matter how many patients, cases you have, you get it done, right? And you don't complain. Like that's kind of the experience working in a hospital where Google, right, or these new companies, because I feel like we're kind of moving out of that, like as a, you know, generation. And there's these new companies and startups that are more about how can we take care of our employees so that they have more time off, they have more freedom, they have more flexibility. It's not as stringent and strict and, you know, so uh, like scheduled where it's like, hey, this is what you need to do today and I trust you to get it done. So if you wanna take an hour lunch or a two hour lunch, I it, it's up to you how you structure your day, but just make sure your work is done. Like there's more autonomy in that type of environment. Also just the whole like mindset and they have meditation rooms and quiet rooms and they promote, you know, self growth and learning and, and all of that. So. It's like, not that, I mean, it's a completely different. It's apples and oranges. Right, because healthcare, obviously, you can't be like, you know, we have patients. So it's not like, oh, just get your work done. Like, you have patients that are coming in hot that you have to get to. Well, correct. And it's unpredictable. Yeah. It's, you know, one, you're dealing with a, a lot. You're, you, you can't just like, I can't just zip out and take a two-hour lunch. That would never work in the structure of a hospital. Exactly. Ever. But what you did bring up, and it's funny that you brought that up and you went there first because... We haven't even, we usually template some of these podcasts and kind of go over like our thoughts and blah, blah, blah. And we're, I like that we're getting away we're from rebels. that. We're being rebels. We're being rebels. And um, because I do like this because it generates more authentic conversation that even if you say something that I disagree with or I say something you disagree with, we can kind of talk it out, which is yeah. what I really love. But what, what you really hit on that I wanted to hit on is I do feel, yes, there's Googles, yes, there's Netflix, yes, there's all these new companies that are popping up that they're writing playbooks for on how their culture is. I mean, Patagonia, he wrote a book about um, not coming to work if the surf is good because they've just developed that culture, but that's a different culture than the hospital. What I'm saying is, mm -hmm. is nobody has ever pressed the hospital. Nobody has ever thought, is there a way we can do this better? Because unfortunately, the one thing that I do feel that Google and all those new companies have in common that we could structure is we are forward facing to take care of a patient. Everything is patient first, patient first. Well, we're the ones taking care of the patients. So if we feel like crap, that patient's going to get crappy care. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that if they refocus and shifted and pressed it, I'm not saying I have all the answers right now, but what I'm saying is, is like, let's start a conversation around it. 
is what if we really streamlined it to are our employees good? Because they turn around and take care of the patients. And when the, the employees are good, the patients are going to soar. And that is going to be the environment that I would want for a healing environment. Because healthcare workers are unhealthy in so many ways. And we're just run to the bone. Right. And I, I, it's, it's funny you said that because, you know, we always talk about when we talk about like in our relationship or just self-growth in general, like you have to take care of yourself first. You have to fill yourself up first to make sure you are taken care of, to show up for anybody else, to show up for your partner, your kids, your husband, your job, whatever, right? Like that has to come first. It's not selfish. It's necessary because when I'm feeling rested and energized and feeling good. I'm a way better wife. I'm a way better just person in general because I'm energized and ready to go. When you have an exhausted nurse, an exhausted sonographer, doctor IR, whatever, like you're not showing up and giving your best self to that patient. Of course, you're showing up and you're doing the best that you can, but like you're not fully charged. No. Most of us like, the amount of times that I've had to take call mm. at night, up all night. I used to have to do this all the time at mm. like different contracts. But you're up all night depending on, you know, how many times you get called in. And you have to be at work the next day. There's no like calling in. There's no like, sorry, I didn't get sleep. Like, it's like, no, you have to be at work at 730. You but, might get to go home early. Yeah, maybe. Like if it's slow, if there's a if there's any downtime. Right, because most places, especially as a traveler, I think we see this a lot. A lot of places are short-staffed. That's why we're there, Uh, right? Right. right. So it's not like, oh, there's just an abundance of people that you're like, dude, I'm freaking wrecked. I slept two hours last night. Can I go home? They're like, no, motherfucker. Like, we need you. We need you scanning these patients. They're not going to scan them themselves. So it's like you push through and you power through because you have to, even when you're exhausted. And that's... That really is, at least in our experience, again, we're just speaking from our experience, like different places have different cultures, but in our experience, like the hospital in general has that type of mentality. Yes. And and that type of energy around it. Unfortunately, so I really looked at, I've got the opportunity to sit down and talk to a lot of hospital CEOs and the majority of them majority i'm not saying that i got a chance to speak to all of them like do not quote me on that what i'm saying is in my experience the majority of them are hardcore business people because unfortunately ceos don't get to do a lot of the like fun stuff of going around they are philanthropists they literally are doing like philanthropy meetings and raising money and that that's what they're doing right they're trying to raise money to build new things for the patients get new wings on the patients uh, you know, in the hospital, get new equipment. That, that's what they spend a lot of their time doing. There is like the next level with the CNOs and the, the CFOs and, and a lot of them are healthcare workers. But unfortunately, what I've noticed is as you cr- climb the ranks, you lose that patient-centered, that feeling of, it's. I just, sometimes I want to grab them by their ears and just be like, do you not remember what it's like to be in the grind Mm -hmm. and just because you were in the grind doesn't mean that it needs to replicate that like back in the day that old culture like I feel like we're moving forward and I feel like the more you take care of your employees the better they're going to be with taking care of patients and I think the healthcare system is 
systematically flawed when it comes to that. Well, right. And like you said, it's, it's a business. So it's all about making money. How can this hospital make the most money? And I get that. I respect that. It is a business at the end of the day. They have the lights on to bills to pay. They have yeah. employees to pay. They have, they have to take care of salaries. A hundred percent. So I get it. It's a business. But when you're just, when you're so focused on that, that you don't give a fuck how your employees are doing. They're running on most departments are short staffed. They're working long hours or taking more call they are so busy they're inundated with patients where it's just a constant conveyor belt especially what we've gone through over the last two years during this pandemic Jeez. it has been insane people are exhausted that's why a lot of people are leaving healthcare healthcare they're saying yeah because it's fucking bullshit like when i was working in st louis okay mm. which you know, I, I, I loved working there. I loved the people I worked with. I even loved the manager that I worked with. Like, as people, liked them a lot. But we were, sorry, Mimi is like snoring control. so loud. Um, We were, so this was in the height of the pandemic. We were so busy. I mean, there was hardly, we didn't really have breaks and downtime. It was just, we had a full outpatient schedule. We had inpatients and it was like, we were going up and doing uppers and lowers, portables in the ICU all day, every day. And I was taking two of you. Yeah. Well, luckily, yeah, we would have one person come up and do the left arm and the other person would do like the right and, you know, the right side, whatever. Um, so we could get them done quicker because sometimes we'd have like seven upper and lowers in the ICU on huge patients. Like that's a lot on the body and you're gearing up with all the COVID stuff in and out. And so we had a fully functioning running vascular department that was fully uh, like uh, patients scheduled, outpatients, a fully functioning uh, general department that had full outpatients scheduled and we also had IR so like we did pairs and thors and, and biopsy stuff like that we were booked every 30 minutes and we had ERs I mean it was a busy department non-stop like we worked our asses off and they the manager got so much like pressure all the time about our numbers and numbers the and budget. numbers the freaking budget and they would come down and they would look, we had a specific amount of a number that we had to hit every day. And if we didn't, they would send people home. And so they came down every single day to look at our numbers. And it was insane to me because I was like, we are so busy. What else do you want from us? Like, I, like we're not octopuses with like a million arms to like scan everybody. And I'm like, what do you people want? Because then you send somebody home and now the people who are left have even more piled up on them. And it's like, by the time you left that place every day, I was like seeing spots. It was just nonstop. And I remember one day, one of the girls that I worked with who was kind of like they had, they were looking for a lead. So she was kind of an interim lead while they were finding somebody. She was in charge of a lot of stuff. And we were sitting there and and our the manager came down per usual, checked like what's going on checking the numbers and she's like listen we got to send two people home and uh the girl was like literally in tears she was like I don't understand if there's something that's not connecting here with the numbers of what you're seeing and what's actually happening she's like you cannot take two people from us like we're drowning we're drowning right now we're exhausted and we took call so it's like you worked your shift and we took we rotated call we took a lot of call 
And she was like, I'm sorry, the numbers don't like reflect that. I have to. And she wasn't trying to be an asshole. She was getting it from upper above her. Right. So she was just like, sorry, like there's nothing I can do. We have to send people home. And it was just like, I just remember thinking like, this is so fucked up. Like, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like, as you sit in your office looking on numbers on your computer, we're literally down here in a full sweat, running all over the hospital, doing portables, like not even getting a break. Like... This well, is crazy. Slash, it's also very well known, and I learned this, that there are hefty bonuses given to managers and directors for meeting their budgets. That's fucked up. Exactly. And they also run At, the... On they the also backs run the, of their employees. Correct. And they also run the budgets so low so that they're making more money. So there's more overhead. Right? So that's more capital, more... So if we run it low, run our... It, that's the biggest thing is salaries. In a hospital. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing that they look at because that is a very high number. And that number is never going away. And so they try to run us so low. And then what does that do in turn? It creates turnover. Not to mention, I really want to mention before I forget, like the fact is, is you're a traveler. And Kim and I are also, you know, we have our own business and we don't really like being in the hospital. So we're usually like, I'll go home. But like, look at that from a full-time point of view. You send them home. In order to get paid, they have to use their paid time off, which then cuts into their volunteer, their volunteer, their their vacations. And now, because they've been getting sent home for getting crushed, but it doesn't meet the numbers, now they're getting their their vacation time, which is only usually two to three to maybe four weeks if you've been there twenty years, mm-hmm. cut. And you have to use that to get paid. When you're actually doing your job and running yourself to the bone, it is insane to me. And you don't even get to look forward to your two weeks off. No. That you get a year. Uh, at the When I, like the last month I was there, remember this? They, because they said like we had gotten slower, which oh. again, we were still a busy department. Um, they made everybody take off one day a week. So everybody had to cut back their hours, which I guess they were trying to not like lay anybody off. But then at the same time, I'm like, how are you even thinking of laying anybody off? Like it's, it's crazy. And they were still hiring two new people. So I don't, they were just trying to get the budget back like under control, I guess. But they uh, made every person, including me, Granted, I didn't have to because technically it, like my contract guaranteed like my 40 hours, but I was like trying to be a team player because also like they were going to cancel my contract because like they needed to cut the budget. Right. And so I agreed to basically <laughs> <laughs> willingly, <laughs> excuse me, I to say, OK, like I'll do a week so I can or a day off a week. To kind of keep it in the loop, right? So that everybody could, you know, take a day, whatever. And, and you could take the brunt off of the full-timers. Exactly. So we all did that. And they had to use their PTO. Or they could just choose not to get paid. But again, like, remember working full-time? I mean, we, you and I, were, were we were living paycheck to paycheck. And we worked 40 hours a week plus call every week. So if we missed a day not getting paid for it, we couldn't pay our bills. Oh, dear God. Like, that was a very stressful time because we didn't have extra money. Not only that, there was there was multiple times where my manager came into IR. We would have 
eight cases on the board, he would look at them and say, oh, they're little. Um, you got called in last night. You were here from 2.30 to 4.30, so I need you to go home two hours early <laughs> to make up for that. And I'm like, so you mean to tell me that I got called in, woke up out of my sleep, I'm here back at 7, like on time, ready to roll. We have a full day. We only have two technologists and two nurses. So now you're cutting half the staff because you feel that these are low cases that two people can handle because we got called in, which now goes to nothing. I'm not even getting those hours for callback because you're sending me home without letting me use my PTO. Right. And said, if you don't like it, find another job. Which, again, is so, it's just so messed up, right? Because, again, we're talking about, like, the, the overall, like, happiness and support that the employee feels, right? Like a happy employee is gonna show up and do better work, period, right? The reason why, like call sucks. I know some people love it, whatever. I never had, if they're even the from day one. Money, but they, that still means they're strung out. Yeah, but like call freaking sucks. Working overtime freaking sucks. Like, you know, it's most people don't love to do that unless, yeah, if you're saving for something, but it's if you do it because it's worth it, there's a payout. You're making that bank money. Like, I'd be like, cool, I got called in three times last night. That sucked. But I just made a shit ton of money, and I feel really good about that because it's going towards this. So then you tell me I need to go home early so those hours didn't even count, so I got up in the middle of the night to work for no, like, added bonus. Like, screw you. It's that kind of stuff that is just so absolutely unbelievable to me of, like, it just, I don't know. It's just so fucked up. No, there is. And there's there's hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of facilities out there. And I'm not saying that we've worked in every single one of them, right? I don't care. But, We're sharing our experience. We don't need to keep saying. It's no, just I, like, this is our... I did want to say, though, that I do, I do just want to reiterate the fact that, like, there are both sides to every story. I just think that, you know, yes, you got it. Like we said, you got it. You got to stay within the budget. It's a business. Blah, 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 blah. But I just want some people to start challenging the way it's run. Yeah. Like, okay, again, it goes back to when when you feel happy as an employee, you're going to do better work, right? Like, 100%. that should 100% be the focus of any employer is like, how can we make sure we're taking care of our people so that they show up and do really good work for us? Period, right? Because you have exhausted employees or angry or annoyed or frustrated with the system or all of that. Like, like they don't care. They're going to come in. They're going to punch in. They're going to get the job done so they get their paycheck. But they're not really giving you, like, a full throttle because they're, they're, they don't care, right? Mm-hmm. They're disconnected. So it's like taking care of your employees should be number one thing. So, for instance, where you just worked. Every morning they did this thing that was like a, a kudos. Okay. Oh God. No, this makes this away. makes my blood boil, and I don't even work there. So let me give you an example of something that I think could be done. Okay. So in the morning huddle, everybody, you know, oh, Aaron, like you know, you brought that patient back to the room because transport was backed up. Kudos. Like you know, this I'm doing it right now. You can't see me, but it's like the snaps. You know, that is, like, less aggressive. Mm. Like, kudos, Aaron. Good job. So, like, you get a kudos. You get to feel good. Like, 
Uh, no, nobody wants a fucking kudos. Like, why don't you say, why don't today you take 15 minutes and go get yourself a coffee or go sit outside for a minute or something and like take a 15 minute break today? Like that would be something that would be that would feel really good. Mm -hmm. Not a freaking kudos. Because where you were and I know everywhere is different and I've worked at places that we had tons of break. I could get coffee. I could go sit outside. Not a big deal at all. Right. Like we all know those places. And then we know the places that where you were, there was absolutely no breaks. You couldn't even have a snack. Like I would try to pack him snacks and he would be like, I can't have it if it's going to take me too long to eat. So if it was like a cut up apple and peanut butter, carrots and hummus, he'd be like, I I can't eat that. I have to eat something in one bite. No time for a snack. Couldn't drink water. Couldn't go to the bathroom. Like that's crazy to me. No, I will add. That's ridiculous. I will add that so there fuck are those. Kudos. There are those employees that would take forty-five minute bathroom breaks and and things like that. But I didn't. I, I would never leave my partner or the the room empty for that long because that in turn cannonballs the physicians who now are there till eight p.m. along with whoever's on call. So the the faster I could get my work done, the better it was for everybody else. So yes, I could have been rebellious and actually done that. But the fact is, is there was no avenue provided for that. But what I'm, but the fact that you just said I could be rebellious, that you are at work for 10 and a half hours and for you to take a step out and eat an apple and drink some water for five or ten minutes like in between a case is considered rebellious is a problem to me like how can you feel your best when you can't even have a sip of freaking water when you've been in a case because your cases sometimes are six hours seven hours like they can be very long right wearing lead wearing yeah 30 pounds of lead standing how how much how many they're at least 10 8 10 pounds okay so wearing an, an extra 10 pounds of lead standing for seven hours, right? And you finally get done with your case and they're rolling in another patient. Another six or seven hour case. Instead of just being like, okay, cool. Take, again, I'm saying five or 10 minutes. I'm not saying go freaking read a book in the in the garden. I'm saying take 10 minutes, go to the bathroom, get yourself some water, have a snack, like shake it out and you get back in there. Right. And that's the problem. like. That's crazy to me that well, we even have to talk about that. And it's that. also nuts that they would say, and this has been multiple facilities, that basically, oh, well, the person that wasn't scrubbed can hold the room down while you go and, and do what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. But now you're making that person who wasn't scrubbed set up the next case, get the room ready all by themselves. And that's a big undertaking to then scrub the next case. Right. And it's just like, no, like, no, no, no. And I think, too, like, what's funny is you mentioned it. I love that Nurse Blake, he's calling out a lot of this stuff, and he was standing in front of Jayco, and he also was doing a skit with this comedy thing about the fact that, like, Jayco, which is um, a governing body, um, which I could get into a whole thing with them, but um, they used to be good, but now they went private, and it just, whatever. Everybody that's in the hospital knows about Jayco, but yet they'll, like, shut you down over a bottle of water in a in an area like you have to set your water so far away that you can't even go get it on a regular basis so we're not hydrated we're standing all day we're running around we're dealing with patients we're 
Our, our bodies are being contorted in different ways. We're lifting, we're pulling, we're shifting. Like, it, it's insane that, like, a bottle of water is, like, yeah. Right. Like, you, you can't have it. Like, you have to go and like, put it that's in, what you're worried in about? a locked room 15 minutes away to, like, who's going to really go and, like, take that time away from their patients to run and grab a, a bottle of water and then... You know what I'm saying? It's just the it's fact not that, easy. like, you think nothing is easy. The fact that they think that that's the problem, but like the fact that you were on call for seven hours doing a stroke, you worked a ten-hour day, did a stroke, and then came back after you know four hours. Like that's okay, though. Well, right, and they do like, uh, for instance, Emory has a eight-hour policy. So basically, whenever you clock out on call, you don't show up for eight hours. Okay, well, that's nice. Which was good. And here's the thing, too, is, like, the whole point of this conversation is, like, just showcasing the environment that we have been groomed to work in and just how not everywhere is like that. Like, even, for instance, like, we've always wanted to work for ourselves because we've always wanted our own freedom to make our own schedule. I've always, like, detested and, like, rebelled against the whole clock in. Lunch. Well, clock in at a certain time. If you're... And again, I'm always early. Like, I, I'm never late. But the whole, like, you know, you you have to be there at 7. Don't be there at 7.03. And then you have your 30-minute lunch. And then you, you know, clock out. And, you know, just like you're – it's so um, – it's not even that it's structured because I actually – I like structure. But it's on somebody else's, like, agenda where, like, me being at home, I could have a shit ton of stuff to do today and work 10 hours, but I can do it in my own way. If I want to sit for an hour and have my lunch and, like, kind of reprogram my brain and then get back to my work, I can do whatever I want to do. Obviously, that's never going to happen working in a hospital. But just the fact that, like, we have we have such a mentally stimulating, physically challenging job in general. Like, it's both mentally and physically demanding 100%. that most places give you a 30 minute lunch mm -hmm. like again that's insane like that's not even a, we pack our lunch but that's not even enough time to like go get lunch wait in line pay for it go sit down like you literally have eight minutes yeah no and you have to scarf your food to get back which then you feel like crap and then you're rushing back and you know they they would there's been many facilities that are like Listen, everyone, you have a 30-minute lunch, not a 31-minute lunch, not a 30-minute and 30-second lunch. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like, like, screw you. We work 10 and a half hours nonstop and, like, no breaks in between that is allotted and not a 30-second late lunch. I mean, granted, they're not walking around, but, like, easily my partner could be like, well, Aaron took a 31-minute lunch the other day and it left me. And then, like, that's a, that's a mark, like... It's, I, it's insane to me. Not only that, like a lot of places, you know, we would have, uh, we walk in seven o'clock in the morning, be at the meeting, the huddle, we go over the cases for the day, we go over everything like that. And then they want a seven thirty start time patient rolls in the room. Well, the meeting took 20 minutes. Right. So it's like 10 minutes to stock your room, to get ready, to read over the patient's history, to see what the allergies are, what the contraindications are, what are we doing? How are we setting this up? What, what's the plan of attack? Like, 10 minutes to do that and then you're just like go 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 and like never stop never have a moment to just kind of yeah. like get into it and breathe granted you and i realize that we do that before we start we don't start oh, our day yeah like, hectic but it's just like everything and i think like i was really getting into aubrey marcus and his book 
and he was just, you know, he wrote a book basically how to conquer your day, like be the hero of your day and what an ideal 24 hours looks like. And everything that he was saying, I was just sitting there like, you cannot work in the hospital and have this type of day. And that's crazy to me. Like he talked about sunlight, getting 20 minutes of sunlight on your on your face. So that way it helps with your circadian rhythm and like your natural flow of your body. Large intake of water, like having a moment to just like sit and take 30 minutes that like you eat for 30 minutes and then for 30 minutes you take to yourself to maybe lay down under a tree or go sit outside or you know listen to something that brings you down and like he has these like uh, binaural beats that he has that you can change your brain waves into like theta waves so you can like relax and come down and start your day which he does at his company to where his employees he knows at two o'clock he gets really good productivity out of his employees because they've taken that time for themselves and then they work for the rest of the day and then yeah and like we just have no opportunity no and that's why i think though it's so important more than ever like if you work in healthcare to set your morning up for success before you get to work because once we once we clock in and walk through those doors nothing is within our control right the patients are in control who comes through those doors who comes through the er all of that like we're not in control of our time there we're on somebody else's time they're going to tell us when to go to lunch they're going to tell us when to clock out like we are not in control so setting your morning up for success right to get up earlier have your time do your meditations quiet your mind listen to something inspiring have coffee like again we're taught like i think even giving yourself just 30 extra minutes it doesn't have to be hours but it can really set the tones it's like you are getting yourself into a good place of like okay i've i've i feel good Right. I've had a healthy breakfast. I've had my coffee. I've had meditation. I've set some intentions for the day. I've listened to my book on the way to work, whatever. I'm feeling good. I can control that. Yes. Once I walk through those doors, I'm out of control or I'm you know what I mean? Not like, in control. right. But I've prepped myself as much as I can to, to help best. me show up and tackle the day feeling my best. And we are in control of that. And it's 100%. so important that healthcare workers take care of themselves first. Well, why do you think we've always said, like, even the little steps of packing your lunch, right? Yeah. It, you're tired. I get it. After the, the days that we have, the mental capacity of having to think, to prep, to do all that stuff. But honestly, me packing my lunch, and I, I got emotional on my last day because Kim did pack my lunch every single day. Not one day did mm-hmm. I have to like run to the cafeteria. What a good for wife. For six months. You did such a fantastic job, and I'm Thanks, forever bud. grateful for you because of like realizing what a asset that was. To And I would have done it on my own if I, if I had to because I knew exactly where my lunch was. I went exactly there. I would eat in 20 minutes, and I would have 10 minutes to myself to just kind of breathe before I had to walk back in there. I could go to the bathroom. I wasn't trying to run to the cafeteria, hoping the line wasn't too long, to then wait for my food, Mm -hmm. to then eat something probably crappy that's gonna make me feel crappy for the rest of the day with no energy, with the crash. And I could show up feeling my best for the last half of my day. And so it's little tips like that that you have to take into consideration. But again, this podcast is, why the fuck do we have to do that? Okay, wait, I want to say something else about what you were just saying. Because I feel like 
the environment that we work in in general, right, with our patients. What we do is is it can be tough. We have challenging patients, challenging cases. Like sad cases. Sad. It's emotional. There's so much going on. It's a very high stress, high cortisol, high anxiety type of environment, right? It's it's fast paced. It's go go go. It's Life like or death. you are charged up. I mean, honestly, you are charged up. What's next? Like, where do I need to go? Like, this patient was trying to bite me. This one was, you know, dying. Like, there's so many things that we're juggling and dealing with. And it's a very elevated level of stress that we're we're staying in for 8 to 12 hours a day, right? Like, we're living Constant. in a dark, stressful environment. And that is our job. That is where we spend the majority of our day. It's very taxing on our soul, on our well-being, on our mindset, of our joy, of just our energy, right? And so taking those moments throughout the day when you can get it in, like you said at lunch, I would sit in the sun or I would breathe. I would listen to a podcast. I would sit quietly, breathe, like finding those moments throughout the day that you can bring your cortisol down because when we are running like full steam like that like you're exhausting yourself Mm -hmm. all day so take in those moments when you can it's so important like i've worked at a couple places where you we got an hour lunch Mm, i mean woohoo for california right Mm -hmm. like a lot of places i worked there they gave you an hour because technically you're supposed to get two 15 minute breaks by law every single day and so a lot of places would just combine the two 15 minute breaks with the 30 minute lunch and you'd get an hour which i loved and so you look forward you work your ass off but you you know you have that hour and i would go and i would eat my lunch and just enjoy you know my time and sit there quietly i never wanted to eat with anybody else like i just wanted like my own space space and then it's like i would go outside and like walk in the sun and listen to a podcast or a book and just like get myself like okay like this is you know i'm kind of refilling my tank here And then I always felt like ready to like, not ready, but I knew I had to hit it again, but I felt like refreshed. It was like, okay, I just got this hour. I feel like I have more to give for the next half of my day, or I could grab a coffee and like, you know what I mean? So I feel like it's just so important to find those moments to refill your tank during the day because we also give so much of ourselves to our patients, especially like nurses and stuff. Like oh, you're just God. constantly giving, giving, giving. It's that, to it's the, to the family members as well. Right. It's one of the only jobs that I can think of that is completely depleting of your own energy because you are giving so much of it to like be there to support other people for your entire day. That's kind of crazy to and, think and about. how do you do that if you're not okay with yourself? Right, then you're just completely burned out, running on empty. Everything is frustrating, people are frustrating you, they're constantly at you. Yeah. And like, so I feel like there should be theme music behind this, but Angry Bobby is like. Oh, we didn't even introduce Angry Bobby. He's, he's coming out. Okay. Do you want to get into Angry Bobby? I was I was gonna say one more thing about go ahead, this is I'm, I'm holding him so back. this actually go so I'm actually setting you up okay. right now okay because this goes into um, a lot of where Angry Bobby's triggered <laughs> and it also goes into the culture of of what we also work in is the a lot of doctors 
Ooh. are fucking assholes. I wasn't even going to say that. Okay? Interesting. Not all. Not all. Like, a lot of them aren't. But the the way that you've been spoken to, so basically, like, because you, you do IR, so you're hand in hand in hand in hand with the doctor. You're the you're the, you're his right-hand man. You work side by side. As a stenographer, we don't have as, as much or as much interaction unless we're doing cases, but usually they're kind of short, whatever. So I don't have as much of this as you do. But the way that you've been talked to, treated, uh, like screamed at, belittled, put down is so not okay. And that would never fly in any other type of like working business. Like if the manager at a Publix came out to the cashiers and was like, you know, go sit in the corner and shut your mouth and put your nose against the corner, you fucking moron. Like, you think that he that he would get away with that? No, and do you know the response? It's crazy. Is, oh, is Dr. So-and-so just being himself oh, again? Oh, it's just Dr. Woo. Yeah, like... Oh, my, my mouth is dropped right now. You can't see it, but... I, no, I, like, they get away with so much. It's like, you can't treat people like that. And you've told me stories, and it always gets me so heated because... It's like, how do you not like turn around and be like, motherfucker, I'm a grown ass man. I will beat your fucking ass right now. Like, you don't talk to me well, like that. And I also, you don't talk to me I like that. I will say that I'm not very good at it, right? There are people that I have like stood behind and they've actually said, you will not speak to me that way. And I just feel that I get, I get nervous because I come across aggressive. And that is not a muscle that I have flexed it's just easier for me based off my history growing up and things like that that like i just am like okay like i don't take it personal in one ear out the other and whatever but it does eat at me and it's not something that i've ever been good at so i will say that no they should never be able to speak to people that way but i'm also not very good at standing my ground and saying listen you will not speak to me that way yeah but what's crazy is that if you were at a bar, okay? Oh, yeah. And this nerdy, fat geezer came up to you and said some of the stuff that has been said, you would be like, what? Like, you would never let somebody speak to you like that. Correct. But somehow, in the hospital and those rooms, it's okay because he's a doctor well, and he's in charge. On the table and the, yeah. Can you just give an example of that one story? Because like I literally will lose sleep at night sometimes thinking about this. Because if I ever saw that guy on the street, I would give him like the biggest wedgie and like. I, I don't, and like I mean it, it is funny. Grab him we are, and uh, push we him are, down. We were telling this at one of our cocktail hours at my last facility, and honestly. It's the one thing that everybody kept coming up to me and saying, like, I cannot believe that you've dealt with that. Um, so I, I had one issue here at my last contract that wasn't as bad. When he told um, you to go sit in the corner. Yeah, just shooed me away with the back of his hand for, like, no reason. Yeah, and then, like, go sit over there. said that I set up everything incorrectly and, like, I wasn't even in the room. Like you're a child. One, or should I tell... No, the, the would the Anthony Bourdain... I could tell the Anthony Bourdain, that, or, or, or I could tell the, oh, yeah, yeah, so. Like the blubbering belt, like. So the one thing about standing in the corner, uh, this physician actually made the fellow do it, and the fellow was a army doctor who was reading, like, 
MRIs and x-rays in a battlefield with a flak jacket on and like his group needed IR support so he went back to fellowship after being an uh a radiologist for 15 years. So this dude has like been in the game. Mm-hmm. Like he's not some young, like he was the coolest dude ever. Like such a mild tempered six, eight, like massive dude. Right. He walked in the room and I was in the room with this particular physician and the physician said, uh, what are you doing in here to Tom? And he was like, well, I'm doing this case. With you. I'd like to learn from you, sir. And blah, blah, blah. And, and he was like, go stand in the corner. And he said, no, turn around. Put your nose in the corner. And he was like, I'm not going to put my nose in the corner. And he was like, well, stand over there and don't say a word. Don't move. And this dude was shaking. And I walked over and I was like, hey, Tom, like, you know, let's, let's like, he was like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And I was like, well, let's think about that. And he's like, I'm not putting up with this. And I was like, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't put up with this. Just because someone's on a power trip and Correct. feels like they have to flex their muscle because they probably have a small dick and we're like losers in yeah. high school. So that Fuck same you. guy, I, I kind of went out on my own. It was like my first couple days there. I set up the tray like as efficient as I thought it would be. He saw it. The texts were like, don't don't and I was like it'll be fine like I'll just you know whatever if he doesn't like it I'll I'll change it no big deal like everything's fine whatever he might like it it's something new he literally walked in looked at the tray and tipped it over completely like I had to set up a whole new tray patient in the room everything flipped out would literally like if I pre-pulled things that I know he would want because I watched him and I knew what his progressions were he would literally like throw them on the floor and then ask for something else and then turn around and ask for the thing you just threw on the floor. And then the other story was literally... Okay, first I just want... Like, that's so unnecessary. That's what I'm saying is, like, right. you just don't act like that or treat people like that. Like, I don't understand. Like, it, it was just not okay in any working environment with other human beings. But the, for some reason, with doctors, it is. I said, uh, I said to him, I said, sir, um, I haven't done this case with you. Um, you know, do you want this or this or this? And he just looked at me. And then I said, well, I did one with Dr. So-and-so. And he's like, you did one with Dr. So-and-so? You did it the other week? Oh, oh, oh. oh like right wow. in my face. And he was like, get the fuck out of my <gasps> room. And I was like, all right, I'm going to lunch. And like, I don't, around, okay. Like, First of all, I don't know how you wouldn't, A, like, I would want to, like, not only punch him in the face, but I would run in the bathroom in, like, buckets of tears. Like, I would cry, cry, cry. Like, some of the stories you've told me, I'm like, how are you surviving this? Like, yeah. I, it's like bullying. I mean, it's fucking, no, it it's like bullying as it a is. doctor. Like, making people feel so bad that they want to run into the bathroom and, and in front of other people, right? Making you look stupid and mm. making you want to run into the bathroom and cry, as a grown man. I mean, I was literally at another contract thousands of miles away, and I hear this doctor yell, Aaron, get in here. And I'm like, oh, no, like, what happened? And I walk in there, and he was like, were you just at this facility? And I was like, yeah. He was like, did you work with Dr. So-and-so? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what a fucking asshole he is. And I was like, you know him? And he was like, dude, I didn't do my fellowship okay, there. Okay, tell this. Sorry. Sorry, finish what you were saying, but tell that story. That's the one I wanted you to tell. Which one? With when you were talking about Anthony Bourdain. Oh, no, I wasn't telling that. But, oh, okay. But I was I'm just sorry. saying this doc, like, knew him thousands of miles away as, like, the same stuff. And, okay. like, basically sat him down and was like, 
you know, all this kind of crazy stuff. Well, the doc said that he stood up, flicked him off, and said, I'll never work here, ever, because of you. Good. And turned around and walked out and went to another but place. But no, I was... People, people should... This is like I like management. Like again, you can't That's take angry Bobby. you can't take a thirty-one minute lunch. You're gonna get in trouble or have your kudos removed <laughs> if you take a thirty-one minute lunch instead of thirty. Like, but this guy, these guys can berate their techs, their fellows, their, their residents, their nurses. In front of everybody, scream at them, put them down, throw a tantrum, throw supplies. Like, they can get away with all of that and treat people so unkindly mm-hmm. and with such disrespect. And, like, there's no consequence. There's no repercussion. It's like they're untouchable because they're the docs and they're, you know, and it, it's just such a crazy concept to me. And I feel like it's one of the only kind of traditional things that's left it that... Is. That, like, it's that hierarchy that it's like they can get away with it. Right, because you're seeing that in no matter what business it is, banking or entrepreneur yeah. or whatever. CEO, entertainment. CEO, entertainment, producers. You can't get away with that shit no. anymore. Gone. 100%. Gone. Can you New, just tell the Anthony Bourdain story real quick? Because, like, that was actually something really, like, so funny. we had a joint workroom. It's the first time I've ever seen it where... There is all the doctors are reading. The IR docs are in the same room as the techs, the nurses, and our like main two rooms that we had, like our big rooms. And we were all sitting there and we were slow for some reason. I have no idea why. We were just waiting, I guess, for transport or whatever. And we were all sitting there and I was new. And so I was just trying to like, you know, fit in and talk to people and get a conversation going. And it was right around when Anthony Bourdain. Uh, committed suicide and also Kate's Kate Spade Kate Spade yeah within the same time frame yeah and I literally was just like something came up about it and I was like man it's just like really sad like there's two people that you think have a lot going for them right and it just goes to show you that like mental illness is just crazy and you would just never expect it and I just think it's really sad and that same doctor I've been talking about spins around in his chair and he's like, oh, it's sad? You're sad? Do you feel sad? Are you going to cry about it? You're just so sad because you knew them and you were friends with them and it just really hurt you, didn't it? Oh. Give me a fucking break. And turns around and spins back in his chair. And I'm talking the entire department is in there along with every one of the doctors. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? God. Like, it was so awkward. Like, even you just telling me that, like, I, my blood is boiling. Because it's, like, the audacity. Like, who the, who the fuck do you think you are? Mm. And to try to, like, you're just having a conversation. And, like, to try to embarrass you. Like, again, that's where in a normal environment, somebody, one of his doctor friends or someone been like, like, who the fuck do you think you are? Mm. Like... Shut the fuck up. You look like an idiot right now. Like, nobody would put up with that. But because he's a dog, everyone, oh, hush, hush. Oh, that's just old, old Rodney, you know, just doing his tricks. Like, like, doing his tricks? He's old school. Like, oh my God. No, and I mean, on top of that, this, this dude was good and 
if you look at any interventional radiology book, he is the author of most of them. And so... He's a big dude. Like which, a or big dog. Yeah, but like that's still not okay. And I think what I was even getting at too is I feel personally where the angry Bobby comes out is management within the hospital. And the fact is, is I learned at one of the facilities when I was interviewing people... They, I had to follow a script to interview. I could not ask them anything about, like, for instance, one of the places I was at, I kid you not, I was bringing in a new nurse for interventional radiology. And before I went in, I got pulled out by the manager, director, and the nursing manager. And they said, hey, during this interview, you cannot mention anything about call. You cannot tell them that we take call you can't mention that there's going to be call in the future. It cannot be said because it hasn't been approved by the union. And I said, so you mean to tell me that I'm going to hire somebody that may have a very strong stance on call, which we are going to require this person to work a lot of hours of call, but yet I can't say that in the interview and see how they respond? Are you freaking kidding me? And just to piss off all of them in the interview, I used to ask people like, what's their favorite color? And like people would look at me and think I was like silly, but I'm like, it was just the point of like, you want me to stay on the script, but I can't actually get to know this person and see who they are as a person and see if they're going to fit into this group or test their work ethic and see what, how they feel if they're going to be a good member of this team. Nope. Had to stick to the script, had to ask these crazy questions. And the problem is, is what I've seen is there are people out there that are absolutely way more qualified with leadership skills, with the will and the want to, to improve the departments, but yet because they don't have enough seniority, they just bump somebody else into the manager position because they have more seniority. Not that they're a better leader, not that they have better people skills, just because they've been there the longest, that is so fucked up in so many ways that that is your next group of leadership is just because they've been there 20 years. Why? Because they drink the fucking Kool-Aid and they're able to just mend the fence as they want them to do. They'll, they'll play nice in the sandbox. And it's like, mm. I literally cannot stand it. And that is the culture, the evolving culture of the hospital is not bringing people in for talent and skill and actual like personality and drive and who they are as people. It's do they have the skills? Yeah, we all do. We went to fucking school. Like, yeah. you have to have a degree to do this job. That is literally, in my opinion, the only thing that people hire on based off of the fact is have they done these procedures? Oh, well, well we can teach them that. Not getting to know them as people. Right. Not understanding how they work as a team. And just do they follow suit? The managers will just follow suit as they're told, as they're instructed. They'll stay quiet. Without pushing back. Without pushing back. And they'll just get, oh, it's just, oh, No, dude, and like, that's, like, the politics, the oh, HR bullshit, like, oh. I, and, like, again, that's, like, we knew from a very early age, or, like, early age as far as working in the hospital I system. I was the lead of a department at 24. That we wanted to do our own thing, to yeah. start our own business, because we've always rebelled against that sort of mentality like, and most entrepreneurs do, right? Most, that's like kind of like ingrained in you because you want to carve your own path. You want to create your own rules and schedule and like not be in this cookie cutter robot kind of life. And like you bringing up the whole interviewing thing, it's insane because the interviews that we've done that have been those HR 
type of questions, okay? Where we all know what those are. It's, you know, they're very, um, everybody kind of already has like the answer they're gonna give because like there's, like what, what's an example? Like when's a time give that- Give me a time that a patient has yelled at you or done something and what did you do in response? Or what the best one is, when have you had a problem with a coworker oh, and how did you handle it? Oh God, that's like the worst one. And like, we all have these answers. It's like, there's nothing that, you're not really getting under the surface. People know the right things to say and they've created a story to to get to that, to give you the answer you wanna hear. That has nothing to do with who they actually are. It's the interviews that we've had where you're just shooting the shit and you're asking questions and you're getting to know each other and they can feel who you are and your energy. That is going to help them decide if you're a good fit or not in the department is like actually having a real connection and conversation, not asking these bullshit questions that nobody is even being honest about. No, they've just Googled the answers. Yeah, and they're giving you what you wanna hear. No one's gonna be like, yeah, like I took my coworker out back and beat the fuck out of her. Like, <laughs> like nobody's gonna, no. or I held my patient down, like, <laughs> cause was, she was being naughty. There was one guy that I did, one, oh yeah. The patient was screaming, so I just put him in four-point restraints and just left him there and then just got in their face and said, do something now, bitch. Yeah, yeah. like nobody's going to tell that story. No, like, and that's really how we feel, though, <laughs> right. right? But there yeah. was one guy that interviewed, and they said, what would you do if a patient didn't like you? And he was like, oh, I'd walk out of the room and go find another technologist that maybe would do better with the patient, which I was like, what an amazing answer. But they were like, uh, we're not hiring him because he would abandon the patient. Oh my God. And he didn't follow suit with the answers that we have on our script. I was like, wait. Which is why you have a department full of fucking idiots now. Right. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Good job, guys. Like, great job. Great job. And that's the whole thing is like, as we've been diving into this entrepreneurial world and I I like really find CEOs and, and creators that I really enjoy, like they talk about their interview process and they talk about the fact that like they ask these crazy ass questions and some of them are so out there, like Tom Bellew, he's crazy, but he like asks these nutsy ass questions because he wants to hear their answers to see if they fit into the culture of what he wants. And if they don't, if they don't answer it properly, I'm sorry, this is not a good fit for you. Right. And that's okay. Right. Like, why isn't that okay? I just, I would really, th- this was my challenge and I'll end it with this. Like, I don't really have much else to say, but like, I would just really love to find one of these like Bezos or Elon Musk or one of these guys that just like has all this money in the world. Let's put together a group of people that have been in healthcare for a long time. Let's put people that are able to fund this along with like CEOs that have run entrepreneurial companies, but also some that have understood hospitals. Let's put them in a room and figure out how you could be more employee centric to the hospital, but still run the business and do an experiment of how that facility would operate. Well, right. And like cut with like any business or even a budget, right? You are willing to spend money on things that add value, right? Like for us, going out and having like a really great dinner sometimes is is something we really value, right? It's worth that. Going for me, having a membership at a bar studio, it adds so much, it's worth it. Then there's other things like, you know, buying like a nice purse or, you know, 
fancy clothes. Like, I don't care enough about that. If I have to cut something, I'm going to cut that because the other stuff matters more to me. So it's like looking at the budget of like cutting out stupid, like the the even tech weeks and things like that where Ugh. they're spending all this money. Like, yeah, I get it. They're trying to show appreciation. You know what would show appreciation? Giving me a couple more days off. Can we add some more PTO? Can we give people more time off? When people have more time off to be with their families, when they have can go on vacation, when they can just rest, they're happier because in most places, California does it right where you have a PTO bank and a sick bank. Because in most places, Florida is one of them, right? Your PTO and sick days are all included. So you get sick, there goes some vacation. Your kid gets sick, there goes some of your vacation. And then you end up having a... And like, again... Minus uh, maybe your friend's getting married. That's what I was just going to say. There's other things you want to go do that you need time off. And then by the time you're done, you have like no time to go take an actual real vacation. Which the fact that we would only get two weeks anyways blows my mind. Why do you think we're travelers? Right, exactly. We don't have to worry about that as travelers, which is one of the main reasons why we got into it. But give people more of what they want. What actually adds value to your experience working in a hospital? Mm -hmm. And that's usually always going to come down to having more time off, um, having more money, right? So maybe a raise or maybe that's just adding more sick time and PTO time. Um, what else? Well, it's funny you, you mentioned that real quick. The Having a 15-minute coffee break. Okay, so <laughs> you, were, you were talking about these seven-hour cases that we do. Like, I was scrubbed into one. Seven, it was like eight hours long, right? And we had anesthesia in the room. And at we got the patient on the table, and they haven't even induced the patient yet. And somebody walks in and says... Hey, Joe, do you need a break? And they were like, yeah, I do, actually. I'm going to go grab some coffee, and uh, I wanted to grab something to eat real quick before we started this. So like, yeah, go ahead. So then that anesthesiologist took over and got the patient induced and all that kind of stuff. The other guy came back, got in there. Like, literally, what seemed to be an hour and a half later, person came back, hey, do you want to go grab a bathroom break real quick? Um, I got you covered. And everybody else has been relieved. So, you know, if you want a break, that's fine. I'm, I'm here. They literally had somebody that was employed every day to just go give breaks to all the rooms. And I'm sitting there and I was like, bro, you just had a break. Like, why can't you scrub yeah. in? And I mean, we were good. And so he started laughing or whatever. And then I turned around and was like, why don't we have that? Yeah. Like, why don't we employ somebody that like spend the money on that? Yeah. Find somebody that every day they're just like relieving breaks and making sure that everybody gets like 15 minutes to go. Get a longer lunch. Get a longer lunch and they handle that and they can figure that out by bringing in one person. Yeah. Right? Like have a that float one extra. person, yeah. yeah. And if obviously if somebody calls in or whatever, like maybe that goes away, but you know that that's not the norm. Yeah. And you can suck it up for a couple days if you had to, but yet allowing that like that well, that's meaningful. That is that adds value. It's like the kudos, yeah. the, oh, we're going to give a free cookie today. Like, nobody cares. Oh, we're bringing in donuts. No, that that actually doesn't bring up morale. They're all about bringing up morale and getting, you know, bring how you get morale is giving people what they actually want that makes them happy, mm -hmm. right? And that's always usually going to come back to time away, rest time. Like, yeah. not feeling like... And feeling secured. Right, and not feeling like your head's exploding right. all day every day or i'm gonna have to go home and waste my pto like don't make it like that 
Right. Right? Like, I don't want to cut into my PTO bank that I've been saving up to go to Greece this summer. Right. Like, I, I don't want okay. to go there and not get paid. Like, There's where uh, my sister worked. Actually, where we worked. Uh, uh, it depends on the supervisor. So, it's not just the hospital in general, but depending on who your supervisor is. But this, like, talk about blood boiling. This happens everywhere. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it happens everywhere. So, it just depends on where you go. That so you get a certain amount of PTO, not included six time, just your PTO. You have to use it for everything. And so, say my sister was like, I want to take two weeks off to go to Greece, and she only had 10 days of PTO, or let's say five days of PTO, and she wanted to take 15. They would they would deny it to say you don't have enough PTO to be able to go. And she would say, I don't care. I don't need to get paid. I'm okay taking a paid leave or non-paid leave. I want to go. I don't care how much PTO I have. And it wasn't about coverage. It wasn't that they didn't have somebody to work for her because they did. So that wasn't the issue. It was that the rule was, I'm doing like air quotes, the rule was if you didn't have enough PTO to cover the amount of time you wanted off, you didn't get to go. And I just thought that was so fucked up. I would have been like, I'm out. Here's, yeah, because it's like, my last day. listen, I should be able, if we have coverage, I have somebody working for me, I should be able to take off as much time as I want and not get paid. That's my choice. Like, those are the kinds of things mm -hmm. that bring morale down, that piss people off. Like, God, it's just so fucked up. No, I mean, there's just so many things. Obviously, like, I could take this on and on and on and on and on. I mean, just the whole, like, nurse that got thrown under the bus because of the whole, like, yeah. manslaughter. Like, are you, I, I mean, just the, you're running us to the bone, especially with the pandemic. And then to I read something about that, though, which was interesting. I don't know a whole lot about it. Like, I didn't, like, go into depth about it. But I, I was reading this article and it was talking about that case, right? Because we all, like, a nurse gave a, a patient a paralytic mm -hmm. and killed the patient. Mm -hmm. And that's horrible, right? Oh, God. She, she killed imagine. the patient. And she, she said, I made a mistake. She made a mistake. So, you know, she got charged. And so it's like this whole thing because it's like, wow, like now, you know, as a nurse, you have a lot of responsibility. You make a mistake. You can be thrown under the bus and like go to jail. Like, yeah. That same day, I missed an allergy and it would have killed the patient. And I had my entire tray set up all with this. The patient had a heparin allergy and I had heparin all over my tray. Yeah. And one of the texts came in because I was relieving somebody and hurry up, go, 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 patients in the room, go, 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 go scrub in, get this patient on the table and go. And the other tech behind me that came in to relieve me said, yo, bro, like, I just want to let you know that the patient had a heparin allergy and there was heparin all over the tray. I got it. I cleaned it off, blah, blah, blah. I just want to let you know. Yeah. And I was like, I was distraught. Yeah. I know. Like, that's a huge mistake. now, what is that? Manslaughter? Like, they could, you know, it's like crazy. Yeah. I think nurses have different they have coverage and they have different but, things but it's still not but it my, should not come back on her but my point a, was what i was reading about was that like she wasn't she had one patient she wasn't like she was working normal hours it wasn't this like oh i'm exhausted oh i'm juggling all this stuff it, it like really wasn't that she just made a mistake and it killed a patient and so it is it's a hard thing because you're like i understand that 
you know we're human beings i know but like fuck dude I know. if that was you I know. and I know. she killed you and I... the death that that patient had i know I mean, it's like, what? who's responsible there? She made a crazy mistake and it killed somebody. Like, But that is the type of jobs that we have. Um, not me, not as a stenographer. But no, like, no, I don't know. It it's an play, interesting it, case. It does play into the fact. It's interesting, right? There's, it's not black or white. It, I just don't feel the environment is not conducive in a whole to say that you make one mistake and yes it was a death it's a deadly mistake. I yeah mean, she it, killed it, someone's parent it, like that's cra- horrible it's a crazy thing yes but I, again like okay so we didn't talk about angry bobby <clears throat> well he came out a little bit so i feel like at the beginning of this episode we'll do a disclaimer or not a disclaimer but a uh, beginning of this episode? public service announcement just to say like we have cursed in way more than we ever have on this episode, like just because of the heatedness of the discussion. Like, again, this is our normal conversation. This is how, though. when Aaron and I get heated, like, this is how we speak. But like, we get super bad. So, yeah. let me go back to Angry Bobby. You keep yeah. jumping all over the place, like, where we haven't been able to introduce him. So, Aaron's first name is Bobby. If anybody doesn't know, he does not like to be called that. It makes his blood boil, but that is his, like, birth name. He's obviously always gone by Aaron, whatever. Was never intended to be called Bobby. No, ever. I can't even like, say it. it. Like, it makes him, like, shake yeah. if, if we say Bobby. Okay, so I only do that sometimes Listen to poke at him. Listen you say it, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. It's very, I like, think it's cute. Yeah. I like Bobby for a girl. I think that for a girl, Bobby with an I, I think it's super cute. No, yeah. I know, I know. Okay. But if you had, like, a daughter, like, little Bobby, like, I think that's kind of cute. Right, but she'll be little Bobby forever. Yeah, okay. Um, So, Aaron is a very kind, soft, thoughtful, even keel, calm, cool, cool. I feel like you're very, like, calm under pressure. Mm -hmm. You are um, just, like, a chill dude, you know? Like, Aaron's chill. Aaron figures things out. Aaron processes things in a calm way and and finds a solution, works through things. You don't usually, like, attack people, you know, (laughs) for the most part. For the most part. Okay, now, Bobby. Angry Bobby. Bobby's terrifying. Mm. Okay, so when Bobby comes out... Like, you don't fuck with Bobby. Mm. Like, you can just see it in your eyes. Because, oh, that was, like, you You don't get angry. Like, Aaron, you don't, doesn't get angry very often. Like, a lot. you're not, like, an angry person. Like, for me, I'm more of a hothead. I can get impatient. Or I can be like, fuck you, whatever. Like, I, I tend to run hotter than you. Where you're, like, it's very rare that, like, you're angry. Like, you, that's just not your personality mm. in it's general. It's a lot of energy and you just, it's just not. And it goes nowhere. Who you, who you naturally are. Okay, as Aaron. Now, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby can like, he like puts me to, sh- I look like a, a delicate flower in the freaking meadow blowing in the breeze compared to Angry Bobby. So that's like your alter ego. That comes out. It's very silverback gorilla. And it's usually about politics in healthcare, like at work. Yeah. 
Like, I feel like that's when it comes out the most. Where, like... Or just things that are just, like, flat out, like, no common sense. Like, can we think through that? Like, don't... Like, don't tell me what to do just because, like, you think that that's a good idea. Why? Like, why? Why? Why are we doing this? Yes. Like, not just because. Like, we don't do things just because. I don't follow... Like, I'm not on an assembly line of just, like, oh, yeah, because he said, like... Why? Give me a fucking reason why. Yes. And if you can back that up with a good solid why, even if I don't agree, okay, I'm game. Thank you for sharing that. But just don't tell me to do something. Or just the, to do it. Just yeah. to fucking do it. Just because you want to point your little finger and tell me to do something because it gets your dick hard or whatever it is, like that does not fly with yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Like that really triggers you. Oh, dude. And... And, like, you go into this place, which me too, because I'm the same way. It's like, you don't, like, we need to push back more, right? Don't just, because that's how you do it. Don't tell me that's how you do it. Like, why? Like you said, why? Like, I don't mind following rules. It's not, I don't look at myself as, like, this rule breaker. But I'm definitely somebody, like, that doesn't make sense. So why do we continue to do it this way? Why don't we do it a more efficient way? And if, and if that, if it's just because, well, that's the way we do it. Like, that's ridiculous it's the way it's always been done. Yeah. So at work, oh. Angry Bobby comes out quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. At work, like, you're, like, friendly and you're fun and, like, all that. But then you, like, will switch. So, like, people who, like, don't know you very well, like, don't know that side of you. Mm-hmm. And so it came out a couple of times at the end, we're like, you scared that one guy. He pooped his pants and <laughs> ran out of the room. Which one was that? Farted or whatever. I didn't do that. Oh. It wasn't me. <laughs> I know, but like that one, I don't, I'm not going to say his name. But the guy that was like, oh, do you want to stay longer? And you were like, fuck no, I'm not staying. Get oh, the yeah. fuck out of my face. And he like shit himself no, and I, ran out. Yeah, he was like, are you sure you don't want to resign? I was like, fuck no, I don't want to resign. I got five more days and I'm so happy to be getting out of here. No offense to you guys, but I don't spend my life wanting to work in hospitals. Yeah. And he was just like, oh. And then, well, he like pooped his pants and ran out. I think like your vein came out and he got like, he like screamed and ran out of the room. And then you were working with Christy, who we love, who's really sweet. She gave us like a lot of, um, we can say her name because yeah. like she's fine. Uh, we're not saying anything negative about her. But uh, you were There's working. There's nothing negative to say. Well, no, she's like a goody two shoes, you know? You did want to corrupt her though. I did. I tried. I feel like I could have broke her. Yeah. Like if I would have taken her under my wing a couple times. I think she's breakable. She wants to. Too. She got Instagram. Yeah, and she ordered poke because um, <laughs> I know we went to like this going away thing that these reps were throwing for you, and uh, they Which had she arranged. Yeah, of course, and they had ordered all these appetizers, and and so I was like, ooh, we should like we should order the pokey like. That sounds really good. Like we wanted something else, and she's like, yeah, that does sound good. I'm like, why don't you go order it? And she did. And I was like, I'm so proud of you. Like, she's like, mm-hmm, I got us the pokey. Like, it was really cute. So anyways, you were working with her and you scared somebody. And I think they, like, turned into a ghost and ran I out. I just had a comment about something, finally, on my last week. And then what did she say? She said, I was like, I'm sorry. So like, she met Angry Bobby, basically. Well, basically, she just said, I, I apologize because I realized I got a little animated. And I said, I'm sorry. And, you know, that's Angry Bobby coming out. And she was like, oh, it has a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so classic. Like, yeah. oh, it has a name. But it is. It's like it puts a name on the 
the person, your the alter ego. Yeah, and that's where it's like, you know, Kim has that mentality that she works on continuously that when people are having a conversation. Watch it. Well, when people are having a conversation, you've been known to get very shut down. Yeah, that's To where, fair. like, you yeah. have comments to where, like, there's no rebuttal. Like, you can't say a word. You have a skill with shutting things down with your animation and your passion it's called so, passion it's called right. standing but, behind what i but believe it's also in about learning it's called having an opinion to still leave a channel open for that person to express their views yeah not shutting it down so hardcore that people are like well can't say anything now people like, always can they might choose not to but you still always have a choice the way that you to share you do, your side of the story you have to see it i the do way that you present it it is like literally like i'm not i'm not going there Okay, I, I that's fair because I do know because I get really passionate about some things and I have a very strong opinion. And so, yes, I am. And you're very well versed with your topics usually. Well, the things that I'm passionate, the things that I actually, because I'm very open to like all different ideas or opinions or whatever. Like I feel like in general, I can have a very open flowy conversation, but there are some times that I do feel passionate about something and then I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I can come across very like, uh, what's the, I don't even know the word. It's just like the way I look at it is just like it's it's a shutdown thing. It's basically like there's no there's no avenue to express the, how I originally felt. Like if I was just like I think that you should eat burgers and fries every day, and that would be healthy. Okay, Kim would literally like fly off the handle. Okay, why are we talking about me? You're deflecting off angry Bobby. No, I'm okay, just saying, like which. That just brought up something I wanted to say that I forgot. Oh, no. Okay. Well, we were... I'm very passionate about what I'm about to say. Okay, go ahead. You have the platform. I was just going to say, too. Well, anyways, just to finish what you were saying, yes, I I do agree that is something I'm constantly working on because I never want to shut anybody down, and I can do that sometimes. Um, So noted and fair. But I have been working on it. You have. Yeah. I've noticed it. I've come a long way. I mean, come on. Look at the conversation you had with Michael. That's a really great example. Yeah, he was pushing. Okay, so now we have to give no. a little... Con- yeah, we have to give a little context because you can't just say that when people oh, don't know what you're talking this, about. I think this is like a two-hour doesn't matter. Podcast. Two more things to say, we're done. So, uh, as an example, uh, we had a friend over that Aaron works with and he's awesome. He's super opinionated too and asks good questions and likes to understand how things work and he pushes you. He pushes back. He whatever. If you take a stance on something. If you take a stance on something. So I for the past couple of months have not been eating um, animals. I Well that's not true because I have ate seafood but I didn't want to eat chicken or red meat or basically land animals just for my own purposes because I didn't want to eat animals. I didn't want to like contribute to their suffering and all the things that go into this mass factory farming situation. So anyways, I made that choice for myself. We started talking about it and he kept pushing me and asking me, like, which most people don't do, right? Most right. of the time you kind of just say something and people are kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he kept like getting under the hood and I think he was trying to trip me up and have me kind of fault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I get cause I, 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 you know, I well, can, I mean, the example is he's like, let me go through your closet then. How much suede and leather do you have? Oh yeah. He had like, I had this like $5 purse that I got from Marshall's. Okay. And it's like, it, it's like faux leather. It's, 
And so he was like grabbing my, it was like around my thing. And he was like grabbing my purse. He's like, oh, and what is this? This is leather. I'm like, bro, I don't pay that much for a purse. Like that's not leather. Like that's freaking faux leather. Like, you know what I'm, whatever. And then I came out and like sweatpants. He's like, those are leather or or what were they? I don't know. Whatever. I get what he's saying. The point was long story short, he kept pushing me. And I appreciated that conversation because I like to have those types of conversations where it does make you think he was actually asking me questions that made me actually think through what I was saying or how I was feeling and giving me different examples and different things. And normally I might kind of shut down a conversation like that, but I was very open to his questions and and actually thinking about them and and kind of getting into it instead of just like being aggressive correct and kind of shutting it down Mm -hmm. so yeah that's a great example of that because that is something that i do feel very passionate about for myself right and And, i'm a meat eater i just had a big thing of chicken yeah it's not like we're like anti it's your choice yeah and he even said i've never actually had this conversation with somebody and they've been able to walk me through why they felt this type of way and like followed through with it in other areas of their life. And so he just thought it was an interesting conversation. So anyways, I like stimulating conversations that 100%. do push you and make you think. 100%. Okay. I think that's what I was getting at. So finish what you were saying. The last thing I'll say, and I and I wanted to say this earlier and I totally forgot, but when you said burger and fries, <laughs> okay. I was just saying another thing is just the more like at lunch, like when you're working in the hospital, like the more that you can fuel your body with healthy stuff to keep you going, to energize you, to do the things that help your body run efficiently and feel the best. It's like we also have a culture in the hospital that is based on people running to the snack room and eating a candy bar or eating a a donut. And like that is part of our culture, you know? Yeah, it's quick. It's easy. There's always shit everywhere. There's always candy everywhere. And so, you know, we work in an environment where more than ever, we need to be taking care of ourselves. Like when you eat a lunch of, you know, fried chicken or a piece of pizza or whatever it is, like you're going to go back to work feeling even more run down. You have no brain power. Yeah. It's like you just kind of feel like shit. And I always would say like for me, I I, I love chocolate. I love candy. I love treats. I love pizza. I love all those things. But for me, I'm not, it's not worth it to eat it in a break room, standing up, shoveling it in my mouth before I get my next patient. I like to take those things and enjoy them at home, watching a movie, whatever. So it's kind of like thinking through that of like, how can I fuel my body to get through the day and packing? It takes 10 minutes to pack a healthy lunch. Like I would pack Aaron carrots and hummus and an apple and peanut butter and almonds. a sandwich and almonds and you know a, a greek yogurt like a plain greek yogurt with like some cinnamon and like a mashed banana whatever like it takes 10 minutes and those are all things that are going to fuel him throughout the rest of the day so that he feels better hence the reason why that's my lunch every single day now almost because it does it, it provides that brain power i was very i was able to think through things i wasn't foggy like, you're not running on fumes right and that and we didn't really yeah we didn't touch on it but it is a very weird culture that healthcare workers are some of the most unhealthy people in the world like mm-hmm. in in the workforce mm-hmm. and we work in healthcare oh, we work dude. to help people be healthier and we're, we are the most unhealthy group of freaking people we had what is four, wrong with us four vending machines filled with energy drinks 
mm-hmm. within 15 feet of our department. Why? Because those sell. Why? Because we're trying they to... They give you a boost. Boost because it's just like we're run down. Yeah. And that's crazy. And they're quick. And that that comes back to like we look for quick. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, but also... Eating a bag, a, a handful of almonds, eating, you know, a cracker with peanut butter or a couple slices of an apple is also quick. Like, Correct. it's also quick. But this isn't a healthy... I know, but I just thought that was another part of, like, the whole culture thing that yeah. popped to my brain. So, so this anyways... Was, this was a topic that we could go on for days. As you can see, um, it does trigger some angry Bobby moments, but I'm glad he got to come out a little bit. He will be coming out a lot more, which is the whole part of this Kim and Aaron Unleashed which I'm feeling really excited about because it allows us to dive into these topics and share how we feel about it, right? And just really get it out there and talk it through. And again, like, it's a challenge, right? I'm just saying that the hospital has never been challenged in the way that it's been run. And I think it's about time in 2022 that we actually look at it and somebody look at it. I don't want to, I mean, I'd be interested in in consulting (laughs) in something, but, um, you know, obviously I just, I, as we're stepping out, um, it's just something that has always been on my mind, and I think it should happen. Yeah, I, I'd be I'd, interested to see what would happen. No, I totally agree. I also feel like this will be the last thing I say that it's one of the only jobs that I could think of. I mean, I don't know, but that yes, we have shift work, but like if you're the last person on shift, so say you know you're the later person that. It technically doesn't end that like you can keep getting piled on like it's not like oh you get your work done you're good you go home it's like oh "Oh, another er comes in oh another er comes in oh this inpatient stat now they want you to go upstairs and do it oh it's been transferred that's what i'm saying it's a very interesting thing of just like they can keep piling and piling and piling and you just have to keep going and you just have to do it there's no like well this stat er can just wait like it doesn't work like that in our field. It just that's not how our jobs work, and it's kind of crazy to think how about. How many times have you done thirteen to twenty patients a day? Finally, come to the end of your list, and there's five add-ons, right? And you just want to cry. And and if you don't have a call person, or oh. you're in a place where like you're responsible for that, and you're just like, wow, there's literally nothing I can do. And guess what? You're staying late. Yeah, and you just have to do it, and yep. it's non. Stop because patients are always getting sick and they're always coming in and we're at the mercy of of them. Well, the last thing, the last thing on that, last thing. We're like this. This podcast is gonna be so short. I know, but literally, Michael and I were talking about that, and again, it was one of those conversations where there's no uh, reward for efficiency, Mm. and that kills me, right? Because you could be the worst person in the hospital and still have a job. And not be efficient, not run your room properly, but then the people that are get piled on to complete the day. Mm-hmm. Because the physicians are like, hey, put this case in his room because he'll get this done faster. He'll set this up. Aaron, can you come in here and do this case for me? Because And then just because I'm efficient, I'm being punished. Yep. And now I'm being overworked because of the fact that there's no reward for my efficiency. Right. It just keeps coming. Right. And now they're like, oh, you got five, seven cases done before lunch? Well, now we can just get into the, the, the standbys that have taken, you know, we haven't been able to do for a couple of days. We'll just push those in there and you'll have five more instead of just like me taking my time until 530 and then being like, oh, 
I didn't get that case done. Let's push that off till tomorrow. Right. Like, and then I didn't work at all during the day. Right. I just coasted throughout my day, collected my hours, and went home. Right. And that is not fair <laughs> because there are personalities out there that do not fly with that. Right. I am one of them. Right. Yes. That's so true because the more if I've worked at so many places where they're just like, we need to slow down to prove a point, right? Because what happens? You're efficient and you're you're getting your patients done and you're getting through all of your patients and you're like, wow, like, okay, guys, we cleared the list and you know there's always going to be more coming in, but whoa, we have a breather. Like, until the net, like, let's restock the rooms. Let's grab a coffee. Let's chill for a minute. Yeah. And then know. Let's get to know each other. Be, yeah, like, <laughs> maybe have a conversation. How was your weekend, right? Yeah. Like, but because we went fast, because we were able to clear the board, oh, now management says, oh, now people need to go home. Mm -hmm. So you just That's worked your dick time. off to now go home to not get paid. Mm -hmm. And now the people left behind, so you're losing money because now someone's got to go. And now the people behind have to deal with, you know, the, the, the next flow that comes through, which always does. So yeah, why, why are you hustling? It's like, slow down but then you also if you're the only one or you are the last person on shift or whatever it's like you want to go quick because you don't want to be the only one left with all the patients to clean up so it's like this crazy no I yeah will, it's i like, will say the one reason i do like call is because that's it the faster you get that case done properly you're done you get yeah. to go home until the next and one and you're still getting paid for two hours right that is fuel to be efficient right so, yeah, if you want to get in there and coast and it's four hours, well, guess what? You might get another case and then you're not going home. But, like, that's the case I got called in for. Let's get it done. Let's wrap it up. Let's clean the room. Let's get ready for the next one. Let's go home. And we're still getting paid for two well, hours. right. It's incentive. And, yeah, like, even the example with us, like, doing the ultrasounds and getting through all the patients and then being like, oh, you guys are done for the day. Like, for now, like, somebody needs to go home or two people need to go home. Again, like, if we would have been slow – they would never they would have been like oh you still have patience everybody is can still stay to get the work done right so it would have they would have still been paying for people to stay regardless if we hustled or not but instead of them just being like wow great job guys like just chill for you know the next 20 minutes until an er comes or just you know what sure, i mean make sure your rooms are stocked and clean yeah like, you know, as long like as give us done. give us a reward say yeah. great work guys great like job. go get a coffee kudos kudos motherfucker <laughs> and <laughs> All right. we will end it there we'll end it there let us know your thoughts dm us what do you think about this like yeah what are you your feel? thoughts also just one more time this wasn't a podcast to it's not meant to be a complainy no. it's meant to just be like wow like it's really an interesting uh perspective into this world that we all spend majority of our time and how it's conducive to our overall well-being and how it really doesn't support uh us feeling our best a lot of the time it's I mean, kind of crazy we're talking about the employee facing i'm yeah. not even talking about insurance companies and the oh, way Lord. that like yeah, things yeah. are ordered and like how they're not oh, how they're not, how they're not approved or because of this or because insurance oh, won't pay for don't it even start why me the hospital on that. has to like not do certain things because they're not getting reimbursed for these cases and i mean or just, just ordering bullshit exams and then nobody nobody pushes back on them they're like just do them and you're like uh, they just had this done yesterday. They don't need it redone. Oh, just do it. So now the patient's getting charged twice. We're doing an unnecessary exam, but nobody cares enough to push back on it. Right. 
Uh, I mean, we're not even getting into that. And then we're talking quality of care for certain facilities around the nation based off of the area and the location that they are in within that city, that those patients aren't, uh, they're not wealthy enough to get this kind of care. I mean, it is insane. Wow. Like, I could go on for days. We should have done, like, a part one, part two. Yeah. Anyway, so just all this was, like Kim said, I hope it starts a conversation Maybe it's a little bit eye-opening for some people. Let us know your thoughts. um, And thank you for letting us just share. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Deuces.